to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. I think this is like episode 30, but thanks for sticking around for 30 episodes so far. I guess that's a milestone. Uh, my name is Brent Gleason. Sitting in beside me is my co-host, my brother Jesse Gleason, and my son. And my son Raji is sitting next to me, playing Angry Birds on his phone. Well, not his phone. Sorry, Angry Birds Two on Uncle Jesse's phone. There. That's not available for a tablet. Anyway, before we really get started, I wanted to send a massive amount of condolences out to the family of Sean Beluzzo. He was the 11-time modified track champion at Langley Speedway in Virginia, and he passed away after an accident on track on Saturday night. And uh, I, some of his statistics are ridiculous. Just the just the 11-time track champion is is amazing in itself. But he also won 15 out of 16 races last year, and I think he finished second in the last race. Uh, the guy was an absolute monster at Langley Speedway. It's incredibly unfortunate that he lost his life in an, in an accident, and he'd already run a feature earlier in the day. They had a double feature night. I guess he hit the blunt wall off turn two or the pit wall or whatever. Um, I'm not going to comment on if he had the correct safety equipment in the car or anything like that because um, we don't know that stuff, and it's not my place to speculate. But by by the pictures I saw, he did, but who knows? It's not the, it's not the it's time. It's too early to tell. That. They haven't even finished it's their investigation even- yet. It's not even worth talking about, I guess. Um, Why'd you bring it up? But um, he left behind a wife and three kids, and it's just it's incredibly sad. So my condolences out to his friends and his family. And oops, sorry, I'm knocking stuff over over here. But um, it it's racing is still a dangerous game, and people don't really realize it, especially a lot of these younger guys who got into the sport and who are, you know, under the age of thirty. And um, I'm going to open it up to become a social commentary on um, racers and their mindset in racing. Like I said, I've been discussing this with a couple buddies of mine, namely um, Phil, who, again, he's been doing his own thing in music lately and hasn't been able to come on. But um, we are kind of in agreement on the fact that, like I said, a lot of these younger guys just don't have the upbringing to remember when racing was dangerous. And we're constantly reminded, well, not constantly anymore, thanks to a lot of the safety innovations, but we're still from time to time reminded that racing is still a dangerous sport. And if there's anything you can do to make it safer by putting better safety equipment in your car or by racing somebody with respect, because any wreck can be a dangerous wreck. And you never know what's going to happen. And I just want to see people race better and have more respect for each other and actually be able to bring their car home at the end of the night in one piece instead of uh, wrecking each other because of some sort of transgression that could be figured out by talking or arguing or whatever in the pits instead of junking equipment. And I know that wasn't really this situation, but I mean, again, it's just a good reminder for everybody that it's still dangerous and we just got to take stock of what's really important in racing and and what we should be caring about instead of what we think is right or wrong and and maybe we could change things for the better 
and uh, hopefully this doesn't happen again but we know racing is a kind of a crapshoot sometimes so we we can't really tell and i just feel really bad uh jess you got any thoughts on that no no not really it's too bad it is it's really bad i mean it sucks that's all i've been doing this year is basically taking time to put safer stuff in my car and it's yeah how would you like to be the you know uh, what happened to it how did he uh what what went on at langley I, I don't know, but they said he crashed hard. They said he crashed head-on into, I don't know if it was a blunt wall or a pit opening or something like that, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the track before. I know there's something off a of turn two. It doesn't look that big, but I don't really know what they've done to it in the past. All I know is, like, older pictures, and I haven't watched anything lately from them. And it's, like I said, it's just unfortunate. And it's, I don't really have the right words for it. It's, I, don't, it really I can't bad. say anything yeah, other than that. Bad. You know, you know, and I, I hate it. So, um, again, condolences out to his family. So, anyway, I think uh, I don't really have a lap format because there's just so much going on. I don't want to lump things into laps. I want to just kind of take topics as they come for now until I come up with other topics to talk about. So, there's a little format change lately. So, there's been a lot going on around here, except for Stafford. They've just been getting rained out ever since they came back. They came, They came back one week. And it got rained out after after they ran one race, and then they've been I think two weeks in a row they've had rainouts, and that sucks. Yeah, well, it's like it's one thing to have COVID take everything and stop it, but then to have it rain out when you finally get the chance to come back when we didn't get any rain all the rest of the time, it's like oh, well, oh, hey, some things never change, you know. Rain every it's always rains on Friday. If you want to, ra- if you're in a drought, just have Stafford hold a race, and then it'll be all set. Right, exactly. They always get rained out. They've they've been last several years. They've been brutally rained out all the time. Yeah, and they've uh, I know they've announced a bunch of races on Saturdays uh, with their open modifieds, and uh, they're gonna have I think SK lights and street stocks run for no points. And if I was gonna race, I'd probably run one of those shows. <laughs> I don't care about points. I'm not gonna be there all year. So so that would be perfect for me. So we see word this past week that Mike Sirluka, the now former general manager of the Speed Bowl, resigned from his position, and uh, he went on to make a statement about numerous reasons as to why he left the track, uh, mainly being that things were happening behind, um, well, without his attention, I should say. No, it is not true. Is it not? I was don't, he, I was don't he un- <laughs> I don't want to go and get into that. But he states that um, a lot of things were happening in and around the track, business-related things, and he had no knowledge of anything. They said they wanted to reopen, I believe it's later in the month, by July 25th, and he says he had no knowledge of that happening, and he says he's tired of putting out fires for the man for the ownership and all these other things and i'm just like okay well i mean i haven't heard anything from the track for a long time and then mike resigns as gm and then they take over the old facebook page i think it's called the new london waterford speed bowl that they used like in 2018 or something like that that's when it was last used it was last used yeah and so they took that over and they posted on that for the first time in two or three years, and that was like right after Mike left. So, I, so does that mean George Whitney, aka Frank Rizzo, is going to be the general manager? No. What does that mean? 
I don't know. I guess he might have coughed up the password or something to the page. Um, I don't have... I've been getting rumors that somebody who already runs a racetrack is going to become the new GM of the Speed Bowl. Uh, I haven't heard any names yet. I haven't seen any hints. I've got the rumor mill turning, uh, trying to trying to help me out to try to figure out who's going to be there, but I haven't gotten any solid word yet. Um, I mean, it's good that they're going to try to bring the track back into operation, but um, I have a few questions on the functionality of the facility right now. Like, are they just underwent major surgery to a lot of the infrastructure? I know they put up the grandstands. They don't have a tower up. Like, they don't have a scoring tower up or an official's tower. Mm-mm. They just have the grandstands. Mm-hmm. There's no paving done. Mm-mm. Is there going to be concessions? Paving? Yeah, they have to pave the midway and the walking areas. They have to? Well, do you want dust all over the place? Do you want it to be the dust bowl again? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I well, mean, when it, when it was... True. Well, when it was its old iteration, everything was paved. You know, all the walkways are paved in and right, around the grandstands sense. and such. Um, it's the only track that I've seen that doesn't. Isn't, doesn't the valley not paved? I don't believe that Lebanon Valley is paved, but For I mean, the grandstands obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's not behind the grandstands. It might be. Yeah, but not know. in front. But I mean, that dirt that they got around there is super dusty and kind of. It's just going to get everywhere. You have to pave that area if you're going to have a race there. Um. Right, but I mean for long term, for long term. Okay, but, but we're getting off track. We gotta. So, so they're gonna be. When is the? When is their? When is their race gonna be? Uh, they they claim July tw- by July twenty fifth. You know, and I don't know how they're gonna pull that off. That's just classic them. It's so sick of the speed bowl is constantly. Having a big announcement here, big announcement here throughout many different years, only to end up being just a complete dumpster fire and end up having our hopes dashed. They always We're, do this. It's constantly, they bring our hopes up, and then it's, if 2020 was a racetrack, it'd be the Waterford, it'd be the entire history of the Waterford Speedball. Seriously, because you can't do that to people, especially your fans. You can't get their hopes up and then just deflate them. Deflate. Eventually, you're gonna have to follow through. I mean, at least finally, you know, you see something. Okay, they finally have looks like grandstands and at least a little glimmer of hope. But I to mean, say to, we don't have anything going here yet, and you want to have a race in what two weeks? Yeah, at least two weeks. Or maybe it's not a race. Maybe they're just having practice. I don't even know. They haven't even said any. They said event. So I don't know what to call it when they say an event. You know. That's but here's practice. here's my problems. Again, you haven't paved anything, so the dust from people walking around is going to suck. People are going to complain about it. There's How the hell are you going to have any concessions? You're probably going to have to bring in food trucks. You know, um, They might have some trailers with food service equipment in them. I'm not sure. Um how are you going to run the scoreboard? How are you going to run scoring when they have transponders? Um, how are you going to announce the races? Uh, like I said, there's a whole bunch of infrastructure missing here. Do the bathrooms even work? Like over in turn one? Do you have running water? Like what's going on? Like we know That's that a horse that... trough. It just goes into the ground. Oh, probably. <laughs> well, not for the women at least. But <laughs> You would hope not. I mean, do they bring 
the trailer from Finkel Day back in with the portable toilets. I mean, what do you do here? What, what's I mean, the capacity yeah, is obviously going to be yeah. limited. Yeah. But again, I have major construction and infrastructure questions. But like, if you showed up at a racetrack that said, "Bring your own seat," like, would you want to go? You know, <laughs> it's like yes. And have you seen? <laughs> well, yeah, I know because you'd probably be comfortable because <laughs> you could pick where you want. But have you seen pictures of the grandstands where they're seated? Away from the track, they set back a little bit. They're set back like three times as far as where they were before. Yeah, I understand probably why. Hello, Phil. Yeah, things are going great. But yeah, it's weird because, like I said, these these grandstands are not raked as as like hello, Phil. They're not raked as like steep as the old grandstands. They're kind of set back a little bit Thank more. You. And the they're also much further away from the racetrack. So if you're sitting on the ground level, you're probably not going to see much of anything. You're All of the grandstands at the top are going to be hot commodities. And if you're seated anywhere other than the top, you're just not going to be able to see at all. I just, You'll that's never my, work for this company again. That's kind of my prediction. I don't want it to be true, but, I mean, I've, I've seen it, and I can, I can just kind of deduce what it's going to be. Again, I'm just kind of I'm concerned. I want the place to open up, and I want it to be, op- I, I want it to be an operation. the The place needs to be run. It needs to have racing right now, and there's just way too many concerns for my taste. And I know they're probably not even going to be able to stream races from there like Stafford does. But well, that'd be years down the road. Yeah, that's like I said. There's so many infrastructure issues that I have questions about that I'd really like answers to and I don't think we have anybody to get those answers from at the moment so we're basically we're at wait and see hopefully they're very transparent with this and we can figure it out I don't know what your opinion is give your fans some hope bring them in on the project promote that stuff I gotta be quiet around the boys like trying not to swear I have my son promote it I have my son in here so we scream from the freaking rooftops man Scream that shit from the rooftops. The speed bowl is underway. We got construction. We building. We're gonna be doing something. No, it's all shroud. It's all, everything is shrouded in secrecy all the time. It's not the best way to run a business. People need to know. They have to be transparent. If somebody like, if somebody like drops a shovel, they should be like, "Oops, here's a picture of it." You know, they should they should report everything. Like you got to tell them everything. Um, you could have you can have volunteers practically filming the build. You can have people filming the build and putting it up on Facebook Live or something. Mm. That shit ain't right. Keep but going, man. Promote. Put out there. Here's, you can't just show up and let it happen. But here's what they did right. Okay. Here's what they did right. They used the old Facebook. You get over there, boy. They what used the old Facebook page. The old Facebook page that they that they just posted from that they haven't used in two years. Yeah. Has like twelve and a half thousand likes on it. The the one that was in use only had about four thousand. So they've already gone back to the one that has more people liking it, so they can reach a more broader audience on social media, which is okay, which is the good idea, right? Well, why don't you just combine everything? You can't just like combine likes. I don't think. <laughs> I don't want I don't to. Know. You got to find no. a way to merge everything and just get it along, man. I wouldn't want two separate pages, but I mean, yeah. I would go, yeah, it, it makes sense to go use the other page because it has more people following it. I mean, you're going to reach Bullshit, I can't audience. hear you. Get going. Yeah, so. Bullshit, I 
I still can't hear you. Sounds off like you've got a pair. Let's go. Yeah. So anyway, I want to stick with some local news. We've already covered Stafford. Check. We've already covered Waterford. Check. Seekonk keeps... uh, I just feel bad for Seekonk because they're in Massachusetts. What the fuck is that? They are... Go ask Massachusetts. I mean, they're probably no better than Rhode Island at this point. Sorry, Rhode Islanders. We're all stuck in the same crappy boat, but at least in Connecticut we can race. At least in New Hampshire they can race. I don't know about Maine. I think they're probably racing. Maine is like Alaska and New England. Might as well. Right? But Seekonk has been pushing races back. They're trying to get their Fast Friday thing going with no fans. I mean, they don't pay their competitors anyway, so it's not going to be a huge loss for them. They can live off the back gate on that. Well, I might as well talk about the Granite State Pro Stock Gate. City Classic that happened on Sunday night at Hudson. Again, New Hampshire. Uh, at least they raced somewhere other than Claremont, which is good. Um, I know Hudson, didn't they just redo their uh, backstretch wall and put that in? Hudson's so that people, putting in a lot of improvements. They're putting a lot of stuff in. Yeah, they're making a lot of improvements. They've done good with what seems to be limited resources, you know, but they just keep making things better. That's what you got to do. You have to make it better. I mean, if you went to a racetrack that had wooden fence posts and no walls and, and like giant cracks in the track and the racing sucked, would you go there again? No. If you go somewhere where, yeah, it's not great, but like it's still maintained and they keep making improvements and making improvements, would you go there? Yeah. I mean, look at Seekonk. They expanded the pits that one year and then they put like a better scoreboard in. I mean, they just keep making little improvements. And then you go to. Like Thompson, they were making little improvements until the kids took over the business, and then they threw it all away uh, and did what they wanted to. I guess I blew that one. <laughs> and then you look at Stafford. I mean, they've always they've always put their money back in the racetrack. Yeah. And it's it shows because, I mean, Stafford, if you're listening, fix the video board. That would be awesome. Or the, no, fix, <laughs> the first thing you got to do is fill the potholes and go into the freaking pit gate. I'd be real pissed off. If I was trying to drive there. Oh, like in the parking lot? Yep. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. That's what it says to me. It breaks my back in half. Oh, the potholes? Yes, I hate the potholes. Well, they can get David or Paul out on a bucket loader and go fill the potholes or something. Whatever. That's easy. How soon can you start? Tomorrow. Let's do this thing, guys. But no, get that video board working. I know it's expensive and really outdated, but let's do this. (laughs) It's not really necessary. But anyway, um, we were talking about Hudson and the Granite State Pro Stocks Gate City Classic. I believe this was the this was the third race of the year for Granite State, right? I think so. Oh, it's okay, Raji, bud. We're moving equipment around here, so yeah. bear with us. Um, but anyway, Angelo Belcito, I believe he cut his teeth at Seekonk in the Pro Stocks, moved up to the Granite State guys. He took down the win at Hudson Sunday night. Nice. Second was friend of the podcast and he was on a few episodes ago and he won the first two races of the year and three in a row dating back to last year it was ray christian the third and third was Joey pole uh to round out the top the podium <laughs> i'm wondering why the granite state pro stocks are running but i haven't heard anything from pass yeah, I I don't know. I haven't heard anything from there. They're probably waiting for tracks to open up too. I mean, there's very there's plenty of different uh, series and racetracks and that are not open up. It's it's harder on the East Coast, I think. I wonder if it's because just that was that was ground zero for a long time. You know, 
where whereas the Midwest opened up very quickly and now they're catching up. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. And the problem is a lot of these promoters have really been running by the seat of their pants, and I don't think you can really sorry, sorry, bud. I don't think you can really promote racing sorry, bud. quickly. You know what I mean? I don't think you can promote a race like on a whim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like throw a race out there and be like, "Hey, can we go run at this racetrack with our series?" So I, I think pass is really no kind of a difficult time yeah. trying to find races. Again, I really got to look more into the laws about racing up in Maine and in Vermont. Uh, I know about what's around us. Rhode Island doesn't even have tracks. Um, I think New York tracks are getting around it by calling themselves restaurants. So, because yeah, they have food is, service licenses. Good. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come buy a hamburger and hot dog. At, you see the post from Lamenta Valley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, buy a. Buy a hamburger or hot dog, and you know for no, you got to pay the cover charge. Pay the cover charge into the restaurant, and then you know watch a free race on us. Yeah, yeah. And they, if you have a food service license and you can call yourself a restaurant, I don't see why you can't get away with it. (laughs) She like to make money. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. But yeah, I mean, I wish it was that easy, but I guess it's not in a lot of places. So. I would just. Good job, you bum. I would. I'd really love to. I got to read up on the rules, but I think it's. I'm. I really suck at looking things up on the internet. You know, I just. Re- I've always been bad at looking things. Like I would type in Google, like, uh, racing rules in Vermont for COVID, and it's like you'd never find anything. It's like. <laughs> no, it's I way really, too specific. You have I to really use, stink at it. Yeah. Phase one, phase two—it's whatever phase it would be for this phase for that, and blah 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 here, and blah 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 for that. I don't know what exactly it varies from state to state. Everywhere sucks except for, to be quite honest, except Florida. No, Florida's terrible. Florida right now feels is Phil in Florida. No, but I've heard I've seen a lot of racing coming out of Florida. Is, but is he in Florida? I saw videos of him of posting. No, no, he's not in Florida. Oh, okay, good because his I would, trailer would be out of my yard if he was in Florida. Oh, okay, because I'd miss him because he'd be died, dead of COVID. Yeah, they're, he probably would. In trouble. So yes, <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, Phil. It's okay. Once you. everybody catches it, then they won't have it anymore. Once they get it over with. Well, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, those who don't have to be on a ventilator, they'll be anyway. fine. It's a small percentage. Ford's building them. Don't worry. Great. So it's made in <laughs> so it's made in Mexico next to the GM crate engine plant. Great. Oh, this is going to be great. It is, isn't it? Crate engine, crate ventilators. Crate vents. <laughs> what no, kind of it, communist okay. bullshit is this? No, don't worry. It's a cr- it's a Ford crate, so it'll cost a million dollars and do the same thing. Oh boy. Don't. Anyway. Oh, I wish I had more local stuff to talk about, but this whole. Situation that we're all stuck in is making it really difficult, and man, it sucks. Let's just start branching out to all the New Hampshire tracks like Manadnock and stuff that are running right now. You know, have you ever been there? What Manadnock? Yeah, you been there? Yeah, I've been there. Cool. It was fun. It's a it's a nice little it's a cool little track. It's like kind of like a a square almost, but it's a high bank, short shorter distance. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's kind of neat. I went there last week. I think I talked about it in a podcast. But, um, yeah, I really should start branching out to these uh, other New Hampshire and other tracks that are open right now because, yeah, I really should just branch out because I, if I talk about local racing stuff, we can bring up a lot of important local topics or discussion points, you know what I mean? 
And and that's a lot of stuff that I really feel passionate about. I mean, if you start talking about discussion points in big league NASCAR, then you're talking about um, stuff that you can't change, really. But you have a lot more of an influence on the local side. That's why I really like to kind of try to talk more about short track stuff. But there's not really anything going on except for a few, uh, few select places. So it's, you know, it's just kind of tough to do, but whatever. Okay, whatever you think, brother. I mean, it is. But... I've been working, if I can stick with the, oh, kid's dying over here. That's for damn sure. Uh, he's got the, he's got the COVID. No, I'm kidding. Um, wow, that's unbelievable. I've been sitting on my hands with my car, personally. I know was, I'm going to stick with the local topic here, but um, I basically haven't been able to do, like, anything lately because none of the important parts that I've ordered have come in yet. And I, Hello, Phil have come in yet, and I'm just sitting here waiting for it. <laughs> it just stinks because when you're buying parts and you got a special order stuff, yeah, it was a text from Phil. When you're special ordering parts, I don't know, I didn't read it because I'm doing a podcast. Um, yeah, you're eating gummy bears is what you're doing. Um, but so, again, it's it sucks because i got to sit here in the time of COVID with limited um, production rates and limited availability of items, and i got to sit and wait for people to make them and – I told you this, I think, yesterday. I'm like, when am I going to get a refund on my Amazon Prime account because nothing's coming in two days for six months? You were, you know, <laughs> you know what, you know the proper protocol as a postal person. Act of God. Sorry, no refunds. Act of God. Well, the problem is, is they're not sending it out. I think they're getting around it by not sending it out for like a week, and then when they say it's been sent out, then it arrives in two days. If right. you buy it on Prime. And it's like, well... Is this for race car stuff that has absolutely no demand right now? Well, I buy some race car stuff on Amazon. Well, yeah. So what's, I'll, buy a piddly, so, I'll buy piddly little stuff. So like, it, it really doesn't matter because it's take it's, it's even though the economy is so bad, everybody's buying stuff left and right. Because yeah, but like I said, I'm know. waiting on... I'm just waiting on parts. I mean, nothing is more annoying than somebody who wants to work but can't because they don't have the stuff they need to work. That sucks. I really am not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. So I can't. It's not like I can build a new. I mean, I could try to build a new um, fuel. Me, Dad. I see you, bud. You're naughty. I got pulled back to school. You're a huge. I wish you were. Failure. <laughs> but watch uh, your language in front of the lady, punk. Be quiet. So yeah, I'm just waiting on parts. That's it. Podcast over. Okie dokie. So since I'm waiting on parts and I have nothing better to do, I guess I can sit down and watch racing or turn it on in my garage while I sit and do nothing because I'm not working on my car because I don't have parts. So then what are you watching? Were you watching Spanked Revision? Whatever. I wish. <laughs> no, I, I would sit there and watch whatever race came on, whatever I can get. <laughs> anything. Anything I can get. Sure thing. Buddy! I am married, so yes. Forget it, I quit. (laughs) But we watched, and I know this is a place where it's very well, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Debated or people just aren't a fan of the place? Kentucky Speedway? Is it it maligned? Is it like controversial? 
I don't know. Is it malign? polarizing? I think maligned is the word, right? Like people just don't like it. They're just not fans. Nobody likes Kentucky Speedway. Apparently not. That's all I see on the internet. But people don't like anything on the internet. So, right. But they had a double header. I think it was what Thursday and Friday night. It was something early, like early in the week. I didn't expect, or it was like Wednesday, Thursday, something weird like that. It was just some. I don't know, but. Um, they had a doubleheader back-to-back nights for the Xfinity Series. So I had that on wherever I was, garage or in the house. Didn't really matter. Again, I was probably doing the same amount of work either place. Uh, but uh, Austin Sindrick swept both the Kentucky Xfinity races. A uh, lot of Lots and lots of people on the Internet complaining about the track surface. Uh, there were a lot of wrecks. Uh, after the first race, I believe Justin Allgaier went to the hospital after uh, having an incident on the last lap, and he had a elevated heart rate that wasn't coming down, and the, the medical staff was not very excited about that, so they sent him for observation at the hospital. I guess he was all right. I, I was kind of questioning if he's one of those five-hour energy guys or energy drink guys who takes one before the race, and it's like a stimulant. And all the hell with that. You get a heart attack. You, it keeps you, like flying all race long and it's like man i cannot do that that's like people who no what you need before a race is sleeping pills <laughs> okay <laughs> just so you can up. maintain some some kind of normalcy yeah so you don't get all amped up and fly off the handle so or you don't something. have a heart attack yeah especially in the hot heat don't drink five hour energy or or red bulls before a race get hydrated or any energy get some sleep for that matter even have some gatorade get just get hydrated get some sleep you'll be you'll be plenty amped up once you get going. Yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know if he was Don't one of those. That. I didn't know if he was one of those guys or not. Apparently not, obviously. Some people are, but no, that's I, that's crazy. Yeah, I've seen guys slam a monster before getting in a race car, and I'm like, dude, you're going to die. Like, that stuff is not only bad for you to begin with. Yeah, let's but just, then you why elevate just your snort some rate. cocaine and do an eight ball before it's, a race. You might as well. It's and basically then, the same thing. Yeah, and then the, and then the track rest to, like, Mop up your heart after it blows out and leaks all over the racetrack. Man, I just can't. I know like, some guys have done that, but that's crazy. Like, I get amped up if I drink a damn tea that has caffeine in it. Like, no I, way, I, man. I cannot do stimulants. Like, mm. they screw with me so bad. But, no, I, I again, I don't have any proof that he was one of those guys. I was just kind of questioning it. You know, it's just like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I doubt it. I really doubt it. These guys are kind of in tune with with fitness and stuff and and proper hydration they've been doing what it probably was was it probably was a seatbelt hitting him in the heart as he hit the wall that's probably what it was you know they just said elevated heart rate after you hit it and then it stays up like that like he's you know took a shot to it so like it's been damaged or something and yeah it it, it tries to knock it out of rhythm is what it really ends up being and then the heart trying is like trying to stay it wants to go into afib but it's trying to stay it's trying to stay uh level that's what it sounds like to me and then the adrenaline wears off and it kind of just kicks back in yeah that's yeah, that's that. what it is it, that, it's i think it has to do with some kind of heart division that's just like a fluke thing all right so yeah that's, again that's i'm guess, but i'm not very well read on that type of stuff but i mean he came out of it fine he posted a video for his uh fans on his uh whatever social media channels and he said he was fine he was going to race the next day so but no it was Watching Austin Sindrick just beat the pants off of everybody in both races was surprising. Not only has he... He's been good. He's been very good. He's been up front all year long. And 
I believe last year too. I mean, he's really good on the road courses. I think these were his first two oval track wins, but he was killing them. But he was up by like five, six seconds at it's times. A great year. Well, Austin, just this, these are his first two wins, but yeah, he's had a great year otherwise. How many wins? Is he? He's only had Austin two. Austin Sindrick, yeah, these are his first two wins of the year. Okay. Chase Briscoe's got five, I think. And yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's having a yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was having a stellar year. He's, he, like, I think he even finished second in one of those races to him, or maybe yeah. even both. I don't even remember. I mean, but Briscoe is doing killer too. I mean, he's just I mean, not slowing down. Chase, yeah, yeah. Briscoe, Kevin Harvick, uh, the 11 car, Danny Hamlin, and, and uh, Kyle Larson are probably driver of the year candidates because of how good a seasons they're having. How uh, many wins does Kyle Larson actually have? Uh, out of the last 14, 13 races, he has seven. Seven already? Yeah, that's David Pierce. That's better than David Pearson winning percentage. Yeah, what was David Pearson's win percentage? It was something ridiculous, like twenty percent or twenty-two percent. So, like, wasn't it something like that? Almost like one in four races. He has the highest winning percentage in all of NASCAR history. Yeah, he won. What was it? One hundred and five races in like. Yeah, he has one hundred and five races, three championships, and it was less than five hundred starts. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's some ridiculous number. It's just a number you'll never hit again. But yeah, yeah towards Kyle. the and towards the mid seventies, he ended, he ended up having like a limited season. Mm, yeah, that's is right. What he started running. So so Kyle Larson is at like what sixty seventy percent right now. <laughs> Something like <laughs> crazy between. Between midgets, uh, uh, sprints, four ten sprints, and and wingless uh, sprints, I think, whatever it is, and dirt, whatever dirt car he's getting in is. And if we could think back to the pre-COVID times, didn't he win at um, Chili Bowl? Yes, won thank the you. Chili Bowl. Yeah, he won the Chili Bowl this year, right? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I mean, we have to. That feels like ages ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Goddamn COVID. Ugh. Feels like it was a long it feels like two years ago at this point. <laughs> Every week feels like a month. Although not for me, because well, or you because we actually work, but you know. Anyway. So the biggest story that came out of <laughs> the lack of social distancing. <laughs> we'll 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 get into that. Oh, okay. The biggest story that came out of the Two Xfinity races wasn't even Austin Cindric winning twice, even though he deserves all the credit in the no, world. No one for... said nothing. I didn't even yeah, know I mean, he won. Yeah, I and um, <laughs> yeah, it was Noah Gregson and Harrison Burton coming to punches after race two. Yes, you're in deep do now. <laughs> <laughs> now they, I mean, these kids race really, really hard, and I, you know. A lot of times it's without respect for each other. I mean, I think Harrison's a little more respectful than Noah. Noah has a little bit more of a outgoing personality or type A. Was that what you want to call it? He he's aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. And um, they definitely came to blows after the second race. Um, I think it was after an incident where Noah went into turn two under Harrison Burton and. I think he lost the back end because they don't have spoilers on those cars, really. They're like two-inch spoiler. And it's really slick down on the bottom at Kentucky where they put that freaking PJ1, a lane up, and it, ugh, don't even get me started on that crap. Yep. Uh, and tire dragging and everything. And I guess he lost the back end, chased it, and door slapped him, and they both went in the wall. Not bad, but bad enough to ruin their day. Um, I know that they were very animated when they were discussing what was going on 
And then Harrison made the cardinal Diet sin. Joey. Yeah. Harrison. Same great taste, less filling. Yep. Tall, skinny, <laughs> just push, just push, just push. He this. made the cardinal sin in a fight of pushing his opponent. And Don't put your hands on another man unless you get one. Never put your you hands on somebody. You have to your ass away and start shitting me Tiffany cufflinks, or I will definitely fuck you up. <laughs> he, yeah, again, don't put your hands on a man unless you're ready to receive him. Who's the slimy little comet of shit twinkle toed cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? I think Noah Gregson had that run through his mind because he connected on a right hand right away. And uh, I think Harrison went for the takedown. Uh, he might have well, got it. as he was falling. Yeah, as he was falling, you went for the takedown. Yeah. Um, his face looked pretty good, but he was wearing a mask afterwards. Um, luckily, his mom wasn't there to hit her with or hit him with his purse. Yeah, or the phone and tweet something on Twitter. Right. Defending him. Right. Um, She's such a stage mom. It doesn't make you want to vomit. <laughs> At least Jeff is very quiet and reserved. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's probably more behind He's probably like, work. don't push him, boy. Oh, you got what you deserved. <laughs> yeah. Now Noah Gregson will probably be not have a ride next year. Yeah, probably not. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Imagine if he did that to Ward's kid. Imagine if he did don't, that to Ward. Don't, don't do that to Ward or Ward's kid. Ward or Ward Just, put him in the woodshed, man. Ward, Ward, Ward talks slow, man, but uh, he he put you in the wood chipper, man. I wouldn't <laughs> mess with Ward Burton. He's a man of the mountain. Jojo. Yeah, I ain't that ain't with him. that ain't happen. But yeah, that was good. I, and you know what? I'm gonna put all the uh, Twitter pundits on blast again, like I did last week and the week before and the week before. Pretty much every week. Um, if the first thing you thought of when you saw those two fighting was, they're not social distancing and one of them's not wearing a mask. I did. Go drown yourself in a toilet. Like, I did, seriously. Because it was funny. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Kill them all! No, it's like, okay, or you could just let them fight because they get tested all the time. Kill them! Kill them all! They're going to die. But no, here. No, they aren't. Oh, wait. <laughs> I see something. Let me report it to the internet so that we can get what I love shut down. Or you could just shut your bitch mouth and like watch racing and enjoy a fight, you know? <laughs> it's like, god damn it! Why are you trying to ruin things? Be a tattletale. That's for kindergarten. Yeah, nobody likes a tattletale. Okay, I wish the internet knew that. Seriously. Oh god, I can't stand it. I just can't. Like, there's no changing it either. It's like you just, if you just get off of the internet, you'd be good. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Well, ours kind of are. I mean, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. I'll keep talking. Candy bars. If I keep talking about the damn internet, I'm going to get pissed. Candy bars. Yeah, I know. I'm eating gummy bears at this point. I'm trying not to lip smack into the damn microphone. <laughs> Ty Gibbs um, won the ARCA race at Kentucky. Only 17 cars took the green. I could go on for an hour about ARCA. Um, Haley Deegan got hooked to deliberate. To me, it looked deliberate by Drew Dollar. Uh, well, I don't think it was deliberate. I just think he didn't care. <laughs> so, you know, is it the same? <laughs> <laughs> True. I don't know what that really meant, but you know, you saw that wreck, though. Oh, I, I watched it. You know, he he never lifted. He also didn't yeah. have position. Never had position. No, he was wrong. he he did not have a bumper next to her. He didn't have a wheel up on her. He barely had enough to make contact. Why? Why did you hook her? You know, I'm not trying to defend the woman. I'm trying to defend 
a racer from another racer. It's just a stupid move. Yeah, this if isn't somebody, some woke shit. She was, he was if, just wrong. If somebody pulls up in front of you and you definitely don't have position, you could burp the throttle and just come back and get in the next corner. You could have burped Instead the of just going, oops, I have just enough on you to hook you, I'm going to hook you because I'm enough up that I can make contact. Maybe he was just trying for rubbing his race and maybe you watched the movie too much as a kid. Well... Bullshit. Well, if he did, he's a fucking moron. So, anyway, again, if somebody just comes up in front of your nose, maybe just cut him a little slack and try to pass him the next corner instead of junking their shit because your shit's going to get junked the next time. Like, if you show nobody, no, and if you show no respect, you're not going to get any respect shown to you. It's something I've been hammering the last couple uh, shows where I say, if you don't go there to make friends, then don't go there to make enemies either. It's just common sense. Just don't put me in this position, all right? The, exactly. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. So anyway, um... Look, I ain't threatening you in the night. You know I respect you and all. That's right. I mean, we're going to have... I mean, I really want to have a discussion about ARCA and why it's failing. I mean, I'll give you a little bit of a background. I mean, from what I think, it's. I think there's a much bigger lack of promotion. There's, like, no purse. It's still expensive to run. The tracks are way too freaking big. Um, there's so many different reasons I can throw in there. Do they just, still run on short tracks? From time to time, yes. But, I mean, you look at the Arca East series or Arca West series, they run on, like, half short tracks, and then, like, they'll go to mile, mile and a half tracks, and then Daytona or something. And it's like, what the hell are we doing here? Don't we have the truck series to learn... Uh, a bigger they track. They have the truck series, the Xfinity series. You know, how many supporting divisions can you possibly have? Arca should not be uh-huh. on a track bigger than a mile, flat out. You sparingly. Arca's Maybe, been on. Okay, I'll put it to this: no it, tracks bigger they than have. no tracks bigger than Gateway because Gateway is a weirdo. It's a one point three mile track. Nah, I can run Daytona. They always well. That's the full Arca. Let's let 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 them go once. Yeah, you know, once a year, we don't need to go to Talladega. No. We don't need to go to all these other places. You're just tearing up equipment. These cars are getting destroyed. Nobody shows up anyway. There's only 20 freaking cars at most. Yeah, don't the only even... time they ever get cars is Daytona, and I mean, there has to be a better way. When you're racing, people are like, "Oh, why don't you race in Arca?" When they see this kid in like super late models, it's like, "Oh, why aren't you racing?" It used to be K and N. Now it's Arca. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've connected everything. But, oh, why aren't they racing Arca? It's like, well, because he makes three times the purse racing super late models throughout the Midwest and the South. You can go to a freaking dirt track and win 12 grand to win any damn night of the week. Mm-hmm. I think Arca is like 3,000 to win or four grand. What? It's, it's pennies. What? You go, why do you think super late models are doing so well? Get around the, the hell out of here. Around the country, That's super late models are everywhere. The CRA, oh, Southern Super Series, uh, what's out Midwest? Midwest, they, they have... Arca Midwest uh, Tour or something like that? They, uh, CRA is mostly Midwest. Is that Midwest too? A lot of them, okay. yeah. Are, are I know Midwest it's a south. Um, yeah, the CRA is mostly... A lot of us is in But look Midwest. at look um, at Bubba Pollard. Do you think he has any interest whatsoever in racing Arca? Hell no, because he can go to a track almost weekly and race for like 20 grand, you know? Yeah. Like, do you want to... When's the last time you ever saw an Arca race pay that much to win? <laughs> it's just silly. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's so many things wrong. I want to have somebody on who actually has ties to the division 
who can like shut me up or give me a different perspective. Uh, and I do have somebody on my list to call for that. It's just a matter of scheduling and maybe coming up with some better questions. But if anybody wants to hear anything, please let me know. Um, so anyway, moving on with the amount of racing that I've been able to watch because of not having any parts in. And the only thing I've been able to do is, is widen out my body on the race car for a little bit because I've, think they have a wider track width. What are you talking about? <laughs> so with me only being able to watch racing and not really work on my race car as much, except for like sweeping my garage, like I said before, uh, I had a lot to watch and that all came to head on Sunday for the cup series race at Kentucky. And I know everybody on the internet again was complaining about Kentucky cause that's all they can do is complain about something. And I always say that, but the Cup Series, they got, I know that Jeff Gluck puts the poll up and he says, was this a good race? And it seemed overwhelming again that no, it wasn't a good race. Everybody's like, oh, well, the ending was good, but 99% of that race was pretty bad. And I'm like, what was wrong with it? I thought it was a fine race. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, no, people, no. Phil got into an argument with somebody on Twitter, which is nothing normal. That's a daily occurrence for anybody who goes on Twitter. And he basically, the guy admitted, he says, I want to see side-by-side racing, nose to tail, everywhere, on every racetrack, every lap. So he wants Talladega in Daytona every lap? Pretty much, yes. And, and I how s- new is he? Uh, probably very new because Phil said you have very unrealistic expectations, and I can't help but agree with him. Because when you have a package, and we've seen it happen over the last decade or so, when you set the rules up on the race car a certain way, there's certain things on that car that do certain things. Like if you have a whole ton of downforce and not a lot of power, where you're creating a lot of drag, like what we have now, you don't have a lot of passing. It makes it very difficult to pass unless it's a restart or like a, a a race start, you know what I mean? It's the same thing, basically. But you you have no choice but to sacrifice one for the other. It's like, okay, do you want a good race? Not really a good race if you got that, but do you want a race where you have guys who are all bunched up and tight-knit, but it's only going to be on restarts, and they can't really pass each other, or do you want to go the other way and take the downforce away and put it in the driver's hands? And maybe you'll have a little bit more strung out restarts, but maybe you'll have organically better racing throughout the event instead of just in little clumps whenever there's a restart. Here's what I want, and it's very simple, but very, very hard to execute. It is racing in its purest form. That's all I want is racing in its purest form, the fastest guy and the fastest car go out there and finish it up. And sometimes you're going to have a bad race. Sometimes you're going to have a boring race. Sometimes you're going to have an exciting race. Let the product stand on its own two feet, and let's just have some honesty. That's all I want. I just want a nice, honest race that is that is racing in its fierce, purest form. Why do you take people like watching you know, the hottest new racing and stuff is all the no-prep drag racing? It's racing in its purest form. There's no prep. There's barely any rules. There's just two guys with a flashlight, supposedly, and on cars that go way too fast as hell, and the guys have to drive and pedal it and tune it and do everything possible mechanically and driver sound. 
Those are fun to watch. Racing in its purest form. It's not doctored up. There's not a lot of input in it from the sanctioning body. There's not other than safety. There, the less hands in the pot, the better the, the recipe is going to be. Do you understand kind of like what I'm saying? I really don't know a better way how to put it, even though I have a microphone in front of my face. But that is, you have to let the product stand on its own. No, you got it. You got it. Because everybody keeps saying, oh, well, we had the low downforce and high horsepower before, and it didn't do anything to make it more exciting. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean it didn't do anything to make it more exciting? What do you see that's different? Yeah. But the restarts are more exciting, but the guy still runs away to a five, six second yeah. lead after like five laps. Yeah. I mean, a that's lot all of the best see- races back in the day were with guys that had no aerodynamics and had low downforce and that didn't have stages and it was ra- it was in its purest form they had uh, they had a lot to do with um you know what they really got to yeah. do you know what they got to do they have to allow the teams give them one package that can race on everything even if you got to pedal it at a bigger track let them pedal it let them drive the thing let them make them hit the brake who take cares take a lot of downforce away you know what they used to do back in the 70s 80s and whatever lift they used to be able to adjust their own damn rear wing angle with a hammer. Yeah. Wasn't that great? You could adjust it to whatever you wanted. That's why Kiliarbro flipped over in 83. He didn't know anything about cars. He just hammered the wing down and wanted he, to go he, faster. He said, okay, <laughs> I want to go get that 200-mile-an-hour run. Okay, so the first lap, he hit 200. Yay, great. He got on the pole. Okay, second lap. Flipped it up and over. Yep. Yep, had to go to the backup car. Which and was a show car, and it was a Pontiac, and he still won. And he still won. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So was, yeah, he did it because he took the hammer. He didn't know how to change the tire, and he hit the down, and he hit the spoiler down there. Now, like, oh wait a minute, you know, Waddell Wilson's a freaking genius or nothing, you know? Oh, forget that. I want more. <laughs> give it a hammer. <laughs> hell with that. Yeah, hell with that. Give me a hammer. Okay, so while we're on but this, anyway, while it, we're on this top. Oh wait, I should give up. I should tell us who won the race. The last restart was a green white checker. Four wide at the white flag. I think it was Ryan Blaney at the bottom of the track, and then it was Kevin Harvick and and uh, Martin Truex, and then it was Cole Custer coming around the outside, and <laughs> and uh, Cole Custer drove around three cars under the white flag, around the outside, and managed to take down the win. It was awesome. It was an awesome finish. And I don't know why people complain about the races. I mean, come on. You're going to see these races are long because you need to have them as endurance races. They're more than just a sprint. You know, if you want to watch a sprint race, go to your local short track and support them. Um, And if you're if you're really that interested in in exciting racing, you must not be interested in Formula One. Uh, But I watched the first two races of the year in Formula One and they were amazing. They were really, really good. I mean, superb races. I mean, you crazy. You watch a Formula One race, and the whole midsection of the race is, yeah, it's going to be a little boring, but I like the strategy. I like what when guys are going to pit, what, what tires are going to take, what happens if a safety car comes out, you know, somebody bends their sh- or breaks down or whatever. It happens. It's just, like I said, and the announcers are fantastic. Catch them Sundays on ESPN. They, get, they bring the Sky Sports feed over. But here's something I wanted to bring up because of rules packages. Did you hear about the new group formed that's going to create a new auto racing circuit to yeah, compete yeah, up against NASCAR on Saturdays? Yeah, but 
he's it's a direct competitor with NASCAR. That's what it sounds like, but I don't think it really is. It's not really. No, it's it's, it's, it's more not. like it's, he's taking they, the uh, taking the IROC series and making a twist. But go ahead, give some background to it. Please. Basically, what it is is Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart came up with an idea. They're launching an auto racing circuit. Uh, they're they're really playing it up in the media. They're trying to say it could be the biggest disruptor to the NASCAR. It's like no, it's not. It's not going to be that. Uh, it's going to be pretty fun though. Um, from what I gather, um, it's run by four people. I don't know exactly. I think they have startup costs. I don't know if people can own teams or not. I, I didn't even really read into it. I was kind of looking at like. Wait, I was lo- boy. I was looking at. Um, <laughs> I was like, is this going to be one of them? Uh, what do you call it? Robbie Gordon truck deals where he owns all the trucks, but you can bring in your own sponsors and lease a car, or do you buy Maybe. into it, or? You know, again, I should have really looked into it. Well, apparently it's like 12 evenly matched cars or something, and they're going to be on historically significant small tracks. And what they're going to do is they're going to put together a package with even cars and then go out and and have a little bit of a race there and a little showdown. And they're going to pair up people with crew chiefs, I think, different crew chiefs every week or something like that out of a random draw yeah they're gonna random draw for each other's crew chief or something now have they have they i'm sorry to interrupt but have they have they announced like uh some type of for is it gonna be dirt asphalt road course mix it's gonna be all of that and it's gonna be like small tracks oh kick ass like eldora knoxville check check um they actually followed stafford on twitter Ooh, that'd so, be great. Yeah, that would be fun. That would bring fans in. I would watch that again. They have too. an exclusive TV deal with CBS. Yep. Um again, I don't have they don't ha- I don't think they've got any of the schedule completely ironed out yet. I know they're probably negotiating well, this it or they wouldn't. This is the first time that Tony anything. Stewart is running a series either. He's running right now the Ollie's All-Stars, which right. he races and competes in every now and then. But. It's it's a direct competitor to the World of Outlaws in my mind. It, um, it is. I don't know if they run on the same days or not, but uh, the rules are the same, and the drivers do go back and forth. Uh, some of them do. Some of them just run exclusively outlaws. Some of them so don't. So they might not compete, you know? but they might complement. Yeah, you know, it might of, be that you sort know? of thing. It, it, so. it is. There, there are definitely. There's it also. Might, it might not step on each other's toes as much. It might actually bring more well, attention to. Yeah, um, there's other sprint various car racing, touring dirt sprint cars as well. There's, there's like the also world the of ACS. And, yeah. Um, all other other forms, which yeah. is kind of neat. There's so many different racing out there yeah. that I'm finally starting to get. It's tough but with with just the if, internet. It was Google because they don't promote or tell shit. I mean, when they don't step on each other's toes, it actually increases the return on investment for the racers, which is something that I also hammer on. So it it gets people to buy more race cars because they have more opportunity to use them. So it might actually be contributing to. Uh, better counts across the board. Although I don't think dirt racing really needed the help that much, but hey, to keep it going, why not? You know? and uh, yeah, it, bro- it broadens the reach. It's just it's a good idea, and I don't see anything different with this. Again, There's nothing wrong with dirt racing. Those those they are definitely not social distancing in the stands. Those are packed. Every they have you know ten, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand. Stop tattling. Sorry, I'm not tattling. <laughs> they, oh my god! There, it's. Every, but it's very popular, is what I'm trying to say. And right, race, yeah, racing is flourishing everywhere except for the East Coast. Basically, yes. New England, especially. Well, except for you know a few tracks that do it right. But yeah, the Northeast, New England, yeah, we suck. I know that this series is already eyeballing a few people. I think Tony's even t- talking about competing in it. Um, yeah, they're trying not? to get Jimmy Johnson to do it. 
They're trying to get um, Juan Pablo to come do it. Um, I mean, these are big names. No, I can't feel my legs. But <laughs> quit playing with your dinghy. But I know um, people. All people want not people. All uneducated NASCAR fans want to think about Juan Pablo Montoya as the one who had the jet dryer incident, and that was just an unfortunate accident. That wasn't his fault. Yeah, even. the car even the car broke. I mean, it's on video that the thing broke. <laughs> it's not like he drove into it. It locked up the rear end and spun the car sideways. You saw the sparks come out of it. <laughs> come on, people. I mean, he's not an idiot. This is you're talking about one of the most accomplished. Love you too, bud. You are talking about one of the most accomplished race car drivers in the history of motorsports. Didn't he win? The, he won the Monaco Grand Prix. He won Monaco. Won he won it. the Indy Five Hundred. Won the Indy Five Hundred. He's won other Formula One races. I think he's, he's been won in the Le Mans Day- too. I think, I think he won that I think too. He I'm might not have, sure. He might have won Le Mans. I, th- I don't know, I'm, but he was up there. He's I'm certain sports cars. I'm I think s- it was because he was a foreigner, to be quite honest. I'm I think certain. That's what it was. Well, yeah, it, it is. It, it kind of it's kind of a dick thing to do. I'm certain that yeah. he won the Daytona 24. I'm yeah, s- he's I, done uh, that. maybe multiple times. Yeah, but I mean, this guy's won won it everything. He, I loved him <laughs> in Formula One. He he threw it in there. Oh, he was a he was a monster in Formula One. Perfect. Did he race for like Williams? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Back he, when the old BMW V10s, and they yeah, he screamed. Put, he put donuts on the side of them. That was great. But, and he even won cup races. Yeah, he won some. Yeah. I mean, cup is really... He got in at a time where cup was weird. It was really weird. I mean, you look at Sam Hornish. He won, like, what? How many Indy 500s has he won? Yeah. Multiple. And he comes to NASCAR and just stinks up the show for years on end. I mean, it's, they were in at weird times. You know, NASCAR yeah. was it was it was like the COT era, and those cars sucked. And it's I tough. Mean, yeah. Typically, there's a there's an article that Robin Miller wrote uh, about the crossovers between after before the uh, Indy 500. I mean, the Indy and uh, Cup uh, doubleheader. He wrote about a great article about Indy car Indy crossovers and NASCAR crossovers. And uh, to be honest, he, he's correct. I think, in my opinion. That the indie guys have actually fared a lot better than the uh, NASCAR girls. Although, granted, there are a few really good ones like Kelly Yarbrough, Bobby, Donnie Allison, uh, Leroy Yarbrough. They did they, they had had really good runs in Indy, and even though they you know the NASCAR guys started less races, but uh, the indie guys for some reason, for probably many different reasons, have a better track record going to NASCAR than the NASCAR guys going to Indy for. Yeah. yeah, even oh, look at Kurt Busch. I think really he finished. Good. He finished like fifth at Indy that one he time. Did he did it very didn't he? well. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, it's it. I think that it's kind of like th- it's like let's put it in short track terms. Yeah. It's like racing a modified versus racing a street stock. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. On an off, on an asphalt track around here at least. Yes. Because from what I've heard, modifieds are a lot easier to drive than a street stock. But if you can drive a street stock, you can drive anything. The common the common factor, I think is with USEC. Those who drive on USEC with big horsepower and not much traction do very well in NASCAR. And they do very well at Indy. Look at your Tony Stewart's. Look at your, uh, well, all the other legends, you know, with Parnelli Jones and AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti, uh, you know, Johnny Rutherford, and uh, Dan uh, Gurney. And oh, Gurney everybody. could drive anything, though. Yeah, those guys were legends anyway. And 
their their common denominator was USAC. And those guys who drove USAC and went to Indy cars, they can also drive a stock car because of those factors that they learned in USAC. And I think that's also what made Mario Andretti a better race car driver in Formula One because he could drive high horsepower with no traction. Uh, uh, Schrader, Schrader came from USAC as well. Andy Cars. So did Tim Richmond. Yeah. And Richmond was a killer driver too. I mean, we just never saw his full talent. But yeah, he did win a lot of races. But that's where a lot of the crossover comes. And I think that's the common factor between excelling in NASCAR and IndyCar versus one over the other. You really have to look at their past to see if they've driven in, in USAC. That's where they are. That's where a lot of great drivers come from. So my my final opinion on this new racing series that uh, Stewart and Evernham are headlining, I think it's called SRX. Uh, yes. So, yeah. And uh, my last we have the acronym, but we don't know what it means yet. I I had it <laughs> pulled up, but I forgot. So, <laughs> but um, I feel like it's going to be one of those things like Monster Jam. They're going to come into a smaller venue and they're going to sell it out. Because they're going to have every big name imaginable, and they're just going to have a big TV deal, and the people are—I mean, everybody's going to benefit from it. It's also called—I looked it up—Superstar Racing Experience. I mean, I'm, I'm not very keen on the name, <laughs> but I mean, it's probably going to—that's what it's promising, and it hopes to deliver on. So, don't you understand? All right, so I am out of notes, and I don't have anything else to talk about this week. We're already at an hour, so got any? I was uh, a real horse's ass. <laughs> You got any other final thoughts? Keep going. Don't stop. No. Um, I, I, um, I, I, I'm a Star Wars. Okay. I got nothing. I got nothing left. Okay. I won. I won. Cool. So. I won. I won. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platforms. Like and share it whenever we post something. Help us out. Get some get some listens up in here. I know we're trying to hard over here. We we're very good at talking. We could pad out nothing to an hour. Why not? That's up, man. So you can find our podcast on some social media channels. We've only got two, but they're the only two you really need to find. Uh, it's Instagram. You can find us at Making Laps Podcast. Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Go give us a follow over there. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. Uh, I'll tell you this again this week. If you find me on Facebook, I'm probably not going to friend you unless I know you. Every week somebody does it, and I don't friend them. <laughs> so, Hold on to your butt. Sorry. You know, it's that's just how it goes. Yeah. I have too many people I don't know on there, so I don't want to keep filling it up with what I figure are bots or something. I don't know. Whatever. I'm a boomer. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Jesse, any final thoughts? I ain't even nothing. I ain't got sense enough to disregard his own feces. Pigs are filthy animals. What? There you go. Okay, great. I ate pork today. Uh, no ham, sorry. Until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. Wait, continue.